Hello and welcome to the Atma Podcast. Now, you may hear or see if you're watching this on YouTube or other platforms. Uh, I am on my own. And that would be because currently, I am hopefully, and I say hopefully, as you are watching or listening to this when it first comes out, I will be travelling back from a place known as the Ancient Ram Inn. I'm going there with uh, Jordan... Maya, Bailey, and Scott. The whole drip team is going to be there. So, I've recorded this in place of the live stream podcast. I mean, it was perhaps feasible that I could get back for 5 o'clock to do the live stream version on the Thursday. But I thought, let's not put it to chance because I live in the UK. The roads in the UK are shit. Uh, and 90% of people can't drive who have the certificate to say they can. So I would just urge on the side of caution, which is what I'm doing here, which is recording a podcast for you. Now, this is still going up at the same time, so you're going to be listening and watching it if you uh, eagerly await the podcast, that is, if you don't wait until Monday, to which point... I'm pretty sure you'll know if I've, I'm home safe or sound. But there is a good chance that this could be history in the making. You may be hearing my voice from beyond the grave because, you know, I'm going to the ancient Ram Inn. There could be some, some stuff that goes on. You know, there could be some gnarly shit. You know, like succubuses. We can only hope. Some sort of demon. Some sort of poltergeist. I'm sure there's loads of stuff there. There's got to be. It's ancient. It's like, I think it was built in the 1100s. Does that make sense? I don't know. Basically, I'm going to the ancient Ramin. So I'm leaving on the Wednesday evening after work, traveling all the way up. the sort of Bristol way, so it's quite a travel. And then we're staying there for obviously the evening into the morning and then be travelling back. Uh, the travel back is going to be awful because I'll be sleep deprived and that's the best case scenario. I'll be sleep deprived at best, uh, dead at worst, a fine line some say. But yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how that one goes. But anyway, you've got me. you got me. Uh, I'm going to be talking about some uh, Christmas traditions today. Some traditions from around the world. I've got 12 to talk about in, well, I'll, they're not really they're not really any order. They're just in the order that the article decided to put them in. So I haven't chosen this. I've just read the article, liked some of the things that have come up there, thought I could add my uh, two pennies worth. So, yeah, we're going to talk about, talk about that. But um, before we go any further... I will just quickly plug it. I will. Look, I will. All right, just just calm down. Right. If you do want to become a member, you can do of the channel on YouTube. There should be a button underneath this video if you're watching it now, and there should also be a button on the homepage of the channel where you can become a member for four ninety nine. You get a extra two podcasts a month. I do a VIP podcast or a members podcast. Um, every other week, so if you do like just the solos, you are in luck. Anyway, I just thought I'd do a quick plug 
because this is a recorded one and I don't have to absolutely nail it first time being live. Not that I really nail anything live, but yeah. So we're going to be talking about Christmas traditions. I want to know what your guys' favourite traditions are in this country because I feel like this country has got an especially, uh, I'd say, mixed bag of traditions. So one that comes to mind is, obviously, I'm going to be talking about food. I mean, look at me, do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not a guy who's shy f- uh, of, you know, food. But I've got to be honest, there's one thing at Christmas that I just don't get, and that's Christmas pudding. I think it's vile. I think it is an abomination for Christmas. I'm more of a Yule Log man myself, and I knew you probably already know that. You know what I mean? But a Yule Log is infinitely better than a Christmas pudding. The Christmas pudding is as sad as it gets for this country developing or coming up with its own like food tradition for Christmas. And I know Yule Log has become a sort of tradition, modern tradition, but it's been taken from somewhere else. We do that quite well, you know. We see something working somewhere else, food-wise this is, and we go, that's that's cool. We'll take that, and we'll have it as our tradition. And that's what we're good at. Yule Log, I'm down for every day of the week. Just get it in my system. Get it in my system. If oh, sometimes, sometimes, if I'm feeling a bit spicy, right, I'll put it in the microwave for maybe twenty seconds. No, I don't want to. I don't want to be like mush. Just a bit of you know, you want your spoon, or if you are of that variety of person, I want the fork to kind of just glide through it. I don't want there to be much resistance, you know, because. The more resistance, the more cakey it is, and I don't, I don't want a Yule log to be cakey. It shouldn't be cakey. It should be smooth. You know, you want that fondant. That's not even a set, but you want that chocolate fondant to be like, just glide with the the arc of the spoon or the fork. If you're using a knife, I'm sorry, just leave. I mean, you're living life on the edge. I respect it. I actually would have more respect for you if you used, like, a serrated knife. Or maybe, no, fuck that, a butcher's knife. Right, if you're using one of them, mate, I've got mad respect for you. But, yeah, Yule Logs, I do love a Yule Log. Uh, what, we like, what, fucking six, seven minutes in, I'm talking about Yule Logs for basically 60% of the podcast. Nailed in. Let's go. But yeah, Yule Logs are cool. There's a couple of things like in the roast that I'm not fond of. Look, I know Brussels sprouts aren't like a absolutely Christmas exclusive, but I feel like there's always someone in your family who loves sprouts, loves Brussels sprouts, and they try and get you to eat Brussels sprouts even though every single year you have existed on this fucking shit planet you have said you don't like them. And you have, uh, you know, you have basically told them to fuck off every single time they've even posed the question, would you like a Brussels sprout? Fuck off is the appropriate answer. Right? But there'll always be a year where 
they kind of get the point but don't get the point at the same time. So they now realise they can't just offer you Russell Sprout straight up. It can't be done. This guy's going to just absolutely refuse it out of hand. He's not going to want Brussels sprouts. I fully agree with that. Brussels sprouts are shit. There is no compromise. There is no... There's no coming back for them. There's no redemption arc. They are shit. End of. Anyway. You're going to get that family member. Probably the one who does most of the cooking. They're always going to, and if they are someone who is a proponent of Brussels sprouts, they will do this. At some point, they will definitely do this. They'll offer you Brussels sprouts cooked in a different way. They'll be like, oh, well, what about if we put some chestnuts with it? Oh, that that's going to make a massive difference. So now I've got a fucking crunch of chestnut, which, by the way, take it or leave it as a nut, to be honest. I'm putting nuts on blast. If it was a hazelnut or a Brazil nut, I mean, Brazil nut's quite a mouthful, but you know what I mean? At least pick a nut that's actually, like, decent. Cashews. You know, I ain't got a problem with cashews. Got a bit of time. Walnuts can fuck off. Anyway, so they'll they'll try and judge it up for you. They'll be like, oh, well, what if I cook it with uh, some chestnuts or some walnuts or something? It's like... No, that sounds worse. That sounds worse. That sounds infinitely worse. I've now got a, a Brussels sprout which tastes like the fucking Burger King foot lettuce, right? On steroids. And now I've got to eat a fucking roasted nut with it. Great. Cheers. Or they'll do like, well, what about if I cook it with bacon? So, well, you can put it on my plate and I'm just going to eat the bacon. I ain't going to fucking eat the sprouts because they're shit. Yeah, but what about if I cook it in, you know, like a cheese sauce and put bacon through it? Stop getting me to try and fucking eat Brussels sprouts, you bitch. I don't like Brussels sprouts. I don't know if that's clear coming through, but I do want to just say to everyone who likes Brussels sprouts, keep them to yourself. Fuck it. If you have this draconian, like, rule at Christmas where... You are only allowed like five Brussels sprouts each and the people who don't have Brussels sprouts have none and that's it. You don't get their ones. I'll just need, I'll just say I'll have them and then you can take my ones. Uh, is that a fair deal? I, I do think that's a fair deal. I just want everyone who likes Brussels sprouts to just f- be fully fucking aware that they are shit and there is no possible way they can be cooked in which they are no longer shit. I want that to be clear and on the record. I want people to understand it. I want people to comprehend what I'm saying. There is no redemption arc for a Brussels sprout. There you go. And if if there is anything that I've said in this three-ish years of me doing this podcast, please take that as the one thing that you remember. Brussels sprouts don't get a redemption arc. There is no sequel. There is no prequel. There is only fucking Godfather 3, and that is a Brussels sprout. Anyway, there are plenty of other things that I don't really get at Christmas. Uh, I don't know I don't know where fucking crackers came from. Like I don't know when it became a 
staple in this country to buy a fucking bit of cardboard with a shite paper hat inside with jokes that were ripped from penguin rappers about five years ago. I don't I don't know when that became a tradition. I don't know why it's a tradition. There's a lot of things in this country that just don't make sense. And crackers are one of them. Brussels sprouts crackers. Just get them gone. Get them gone. Look, I'd be all for fireworks. Obviously, if you've got pets, you probably want to calm down on the fireworks. But that makes sense. It's a celebration of a potentially fictitious character's birth. But we, we won't necessarily go into that today. I feel like I've already spoken maybe a little bit too much on the, the birth of baby Jesus. But, yeah, just, it makes more sense to me to have a firework display than having crackers. But then fireworks displays are a bit more trouble. Well, they're a lot more trouble, and also they're more expensive. So maybe crackers is the way. Maybe that's how you get your kicks. You hear the snap, you know what I mean? You hear the crap, and you're like, oh, it's Christmas time. You get that little smell, that little smell of, like, singe. Yeah, it's Christmas time. Granted, put that fucking hat on, mate. Do you know what I mean? I don't know why I became Cockney for a second there. It just went into character. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about traditions from around the world. I will stop talking about the UK ones, but I will... Uh, shall I rate them? I mean, we are on the internet. Everything's rated on the internet. So I think I'm going to rate them, you know? I'm literally... I'm siding towards rating them. I really am. And you'll have to let us know in the comments... Um, everyone on YouTube or wherever you're watching it on, Facebook, Rumble, whatever other fucking platform I remember to upload it to. Tell us what you think of these traditions because there is a few in here that I um, I don't really know how they're still traditions, to be honest. So, but yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, this first one, um, I've heard of this before. I've heard, I heard about this. So this one's from Japan, and Japan. Uh, this one is uh, now. You will have to forgive. I will be reading a reading out a article that's been written by someone who thinks they're funny. So there's going to be a few jokes that I read out that are probably fresh out of this year's crackers. I do apologize in advance if you cringe. I'm cringing with you. Anyway, number one, and I won't rate these like one to ten or one. I think it's one. I think it's twelve. I said, yeah. So I won't do it one to twelve. I'll rate them out of ten each because I'm not. I'm not getting in that fucking area. All right, just there's going to be a score out of ten for each one. All right, Japan. All I want for Christmas is KFC. Yeah, this one I don't really get. This one I don't really get at all. Uh, I know it was a long time ago, but it just seems weird that a country like Japan would just take an American company's chicken brand and use it as their celebration tradition for a Christmas. I mean, I know it was uh, quite a while ago, and I might be getting, you know, I'm going to go a bit quiet on this one because. 
Well, it did happen. Do you know what I mean? I mean, they did get nuked fucking twice by the US. Look, I know we weren't exactly completely removed from it as a UK citizen, all right? But we didn't fucking drop the bombs. We didn't fucking do it. I mean, we didn't stop anyone doing it, but we didn't fucking do it. Where's the fucking roast at Christmas, Japan? Where is it? Where's the goose fat fucking potatoes? Where's the parsnips? Where's the fat pigs in blankets? That's all I'm saying. You're taking KFC, Kentucky fried chicken, and you're making it the national tradition of the country in which you you kind of, you know, you, you suffered a lot because of it. It's strange to me, but then time moves on. You know, we're all friends now. It's all been looked over, you know, swept under the carpet in some fashion. But yeah. So a traditional Japanese Christmas dinner is Kentucky Fried Chicken. Due to the combination of tiny Japanese ovens and clever marketing campaign convincing locals that fried chicken is a traditional American what does that mean? Yuletide feast. I don't know what Yuletide means. Uh, reservations have to be made to eat at KFC on Christmas Day. That is how fucking popular it is, right? Imagine, right, in this country, I don't know about America, never been. I would love to go just to see for this fucking purpose if they have this in America. In the UK... I don't know of anyone that's ever sat down in a KFC and eaten. I don't. I know there are tables and chairs in some KFCs. That's a fucking lie. That is a bald face fucking lie. I know I have sat in a KFC and eaten, but that was, oh, that was easily, easily about ten years ago. Do people still do that? Do people go into KFC and eat? It's like the same as people eating in McDonald's. McDonald's, I can understand a little bit more because, well, I'm guessing it's more popular than KFC in the UK. And there are more, I think there are more McDonald's than KFCs around. And also, they have them in places where there is more foot traffic sometimes. Well, quite a lot of the time. There's a lot of foot traffic and, and car traffic or vehicle traffic. But I don't understand this, the reality we live in where people are having to make reservations to eat at KFC. Can you fucking imagine that? Just, you walk into a KFC, you're greeted by someone at the door. You know, there's two of you, and he suggests to you, oh, table for two? Sorry? No, I just want a fucking zinger meal, you can't. Imagine you just walk in, right? And he's like, you're just greeted by someone at the door. There's two of you there. And he's like, table for two? What? I just want a zinger meal. She wants popcorn chicken, I think. That's, it is alien to me. Alien to me that this is a tradition. People actually have to make a reservation for Christmas Day to eat KFC in Japan. 
This isn't America. This isn't in the UK. This is Japan. Just want to make that clear. During the ramp to Christmas, Colonel Sanders uh, statues outside KFC Japanese outlets wear Santa gear. Of course, they've got all the merch. The chicken is served in a special holiday packaging. Of course, demand is such that an online service has been created. Order your Xmas. I said it. I said it. I read it as it was. I'm not fucking proud about it, but we'll move on. Order your Christmas family bucket in advance and have it delivered. I have never, ever understood the mentality about advertising anything food-related involving the word bucket. Can you imagine, right? And it's going to be a bit of a left-field turn, but we're staying with the bucket theme here. Can you imagine going to a service like maybe like an escort service or stay with me? Or, you know, you order a fucking prosy online. Can you do that? Is there an Uber prosy service? I don't know. And one of the main selling points is there. You get to fucking fool around with the bucket. No, thank you. No, thank you. That's a fucking yeast infection waiting to happen. Save the Hovis. Thank you very much. Yeah, so what do we think about Japan eating KFC on Christmas Day? I mean, if, uh, for like countries' relations, I feel like that's an absolute complete 180, you know? How do you go from nuking the living fuck out of a country like, I don't know, 70, 80 years ago? Probably not even that. 70, yeah, it is about 80 years ago. 80 years ago. How do you go from that to now having possibly your most famous give or take your famous american like national fast food chain serving kfc at christmas time in the very country you nearly decimated all those years ago it's it is a 180 unparalleled for me and for that reason I rate it. We're all friends now. You know, let bygones be bygones. Maybe. Just shut the fuck up and eat the fuck KFC. That's it. I'll rate that a seven. Let's let's start out a seven out of ten for Japan eating KFC at Christmas. Right? Let me know what your uh, your rating is. Norway, hide your broom. Now, I will just say, right, which has come up more often than you would imagine in these traditions for Christmas? Halloween? Nah. Christmas, the witches are out. Right, Norwegians believe that Christmas Eve coincides with the arrival of evil spirits and witches. It is only logical then that Norwegian households hide all their brooms before they go to sleep. After all, nothing spoils Christmas quicker than finding your broom in broken pieces at the front of a tree, trashed by some joyriding witch. Again, I do apologise. Uh, some of the 
you know, writing in this is uh, some of it is potential jokes. They're trying to make jokes. That's fine. Everyone's allowed to try and make their own jokes. You know, some people like them, some people don't. I'm in the camp that thinks this person should burn alive, but is what it is. Is what it is. Anyway, so yeah, so basically, Norwegians believe on Christmas Eve, uh, that is like the summoning of evil spirits and witches, because apparently witches can't be also evil spirits. It doesn't matter how many years we progress and we get better at, you know, real big issues like feminism, you know, trans rights, LGBTQ plus A, whatever the next letter is. As much as we make leaps and bounds in that, witches cannot be evil spirits. And evil spirits maybe can take the form of a witch. But a witch can never be an evil spirit. Justice for the witches, please. This is disgusting. Yeah, so they think witches uh, basically rain down on Christmas Eve and uh, just basically steal brooms, it seems. This one, not... Not really, I would say, that kind of deep in terms of um, law or common sense, but then it's a tradition. Traditions don't make any sense most of the time. So, yeah, which is... It's fairly weak, really, isn't it? Norway. This is the sort of thing I expect from Iceland, you know? Or Finland. Finland, actually. Sorry, Iceland, that was completely uncalled for. I do apologise. This is a Finnish thing. Absolutely, down to the ground. If you know, you know. If you're, if you're a fan of the channel and have been for a long time, Finland doesn't exist. We'll move on. Yeah, so uh, I'm not rating this one, to be honest. Well, I am going to rate it, but I'm not, I'm not thinking a very high score. I'm going to give it a two. Norway, you get a two just probably for your association with Finland. But, you know, we can't hold everything against you. I'm just saying that witches... Witches don't do a lot for me. Nah. I mean, the... the I think I mentioned in the last podcast when we, when we rated um, Left 4 Dead 2, that's the only time I will really ever talk about a witch at length because that scarred me like a crying woman hunched over in a corner and you can hear her from like fucking six rooms away and you're like to your mates do not fucking go near that bitch i mean witch do not go near that witch and what do they do walk into the room pump shotgun and just start pumping it around and then all hell breaks loose if you're not played left for dead or left for dead 2 i highly recommend playing it I don't even know if you can still play it online. They might have taken the servers down. Because that's what companies do, right? I'll never forget, me and my friend Dan, you know, the one who boots legs his mate's games, right? <laughs> who sublets his, his mate's games out. Me and Dan went to go and play Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2 online on PC. Servers have been taken down. Gutted. We've got to play split screen now. Do you know what I mean? We've got to go back to the split screen era. Anyway, I don't know how the fuck we got onto that, but we did. Norway, you're getting a two. You're getting a solid 
two. It's not really solid at all. It's shit. Caracas, this one sounds fucking sick. This is actually the first time where I'm like, a tradition makes sense. This tradition makes actual sense. Carnage. I want it. So in Caracas, they want you to get your skates on. In the week leading up to Christmas, Velas Whalens attend a daily church service called Misa de Aguinaldo. I think that might be the best one take of me trying to read any other language than English. I have not practiced that at all. And apparently it translates to early morning mass. I could have just read the thing in the brackets. I know it is the only, the only language I really have some understanding of. Not all. But in the capital, Caracas, it is customary to travel to the church service on roller skates. I mean, if you're going to go to a church service, you're going to make it fun. Right? You can't just be walking or driving, listening to Jesus anthems. All right? You can't be in the car listening to Jacob's Ladder. You can't be listening to from the tiny ant in that car. It's got to be more of a bop, you know? You've got to do a little remix of he's got the whole world in his hands, you know? It's got to be a little bit more spicy. And that's exactly what I feel travelling to a church service on roller skates really brings because it brings potential jeopardy. Someone could fucking die. Let's go. In the name of Jesus and the Holy Lord himself. Father, take me onto thy via skate. I know that didn't even make sense. You might potentially fucking go real quick. And you can do that in cars. And if you are pretty athletic, you can probably run pretty quick. But that takes dedication. That takes effort. Roller skates, all you need is gravity. I mean, it could be said the same for cars as well. But I feel you don't get the same rush unless you're in a convertible in a car. You don't get the wind in your hair. You know, you don't you don't get the uh the feeling of the breeze in your face as you're travelling hurtling towards the bottom of a hill with no potential way of breaking except collapsing into a very various different array of surfaces that will potentially cause you harm. I feel like skating to church is the best form of getting to church. If I was going to have to go to church at any time of the year, I want to be skating. And I, I mean like, I want there to be black ice on the roads and I want to be skating over it. Not with ice skates, just with roller skates, you know. So they go to church on uh, church service on roller skates. They do this daily. Does they say how long for? Indeed, so widespread is the practice, many roads in the capital are closed until 8am to provide Christmas worshippers with safe passage. I feel like that is an opportunity missed. How cool would it fucking be? Imagine if you went to a church service, right? 
and there was a roller derby going on. Like, I'm talking like 12 to 6, elbows. I'm talking like fucking uppercuts midway through, like sliding past someone on a roller skate. That'd be sick. A roller derby to church would be great. Winner, if there is such a thing, a roller derby. I've never actually watched one. Not in its entirety, anyway. The winner gets all the wafers. You know what I mean? So, I mean, if we're going to go to a church, would I want to see people roller skating? Yes. Would I want to see carnage? Yes. In Jesus' name? Yes. It's actually a little-known fact that when Jesus came out of that fucking cave after being uh, crucified, he actually skated out. It's a fact. Look it up. I am going to say... I'll give it a seven, you know? Seven. Say of KFC, same as KFC, seven. I'm giving it a seven out of ten. Again, let me know what your ratings are. Austria. Now, okay, we're going into uh, the territory which... It's got a little bit of questionable uh, things going on here, but we'll we'll uh, we'll just keep going. So, Austria facing your Christmas demons. Now, I didn't actually know, and I don't know still if this is an Austrian exclusive thing, but the way that this is worded leads me to believe it is. I always I thought this was German, and I know there's people going to be like, "Who oh, the fucking same country?" Blah blah blah. You know, fucking Adolf Hitler, he weren't Germany, he come from Austria. Well, just chill out, all right? I mean, he may have come from Austria, but he didn't lead Austria into the fucking war, did he? Well, in Austria, St. Nicholas has an evil counterpart called Krampus. He is the bad cop to St. Nick's good cop, a demon-like creature with one task, to punish bad children before Christmas. That's a job, in it? That is a fucking job. Imagine being given that. It's like, right, this is your only responsibility. And I mean only responsibility. You are to punish bad children before Christmas. Men dressed in devil costumes roam the streets, carrying chains. Why? Uh, and a basket. This is great, this. So they carry chains and a basket for abducting especially bad children and hauling them to hell. It's certainly one way to keep kids off the streets. Some may say it's also a surefire way to kidnap and abuse children. But we move, because it's a tradition, so it cannot be criticised like that. You know, there'll be people going, nah, it's not like that. It's not like that. You dress up, you have a bit of fun. Yeah, they get scared. Yeah, they cry. Yeah, they, you know, they might be vulnerable. But <laughs> it's all in the fucking fun of Christmas. And who decides if they're bad? Like, St. Nick is he the one who's deciding? Or is Krampus deciding? You know, the fucking red dot on the map. You've given a fucking costume, a fucking chain, and a, a basket for abducting children to. You know? There's a lot of... um grey area here I feel needs to be worked out but yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not comfortable with that I mean 
I'm looking at this picture, right? And I'll describe it for the audio listeners. I imagine you probably have seen a picture of a Krampus outfit or mask. But they feel intentionally made to strike fear into children. Like, they've got the horns on the fucking head. They've got the teeth that go just way too far up above their top lip and way too far, like, almost touching their fucking bottom of the chin. Do you know what I mean? They're snarling. You don't have to chase a kid with a chain or multiple chains and a basket to have the desired effect. I feel if I had played up a bit at Christmas, right, this is a little insight into my life, right? When I was uh, a young whippersnapper, as the uh, as the saying goes, right? I remember if I played up, most of the time it would probably be around my grandparents. I spent a lot of time around my grandparents because my mum worked full time and my dad was doing what dads do sometimes, which is uh, <laughs> not being there. But, yeah, I was around my uh, grandparents quite a bit. And I remember if I was ever naughty, I'll, keep, I'll get put on the naughty step, right? It's brilliant. It's, it's a device absolutely infallible to bad behaviour. You know, it's like you go out there and you instantly become just like this God-fearing child with a halo above your head. Please, sir, I have changed for good. No. No, I will not fucking kick shit over anymore. I won't do anything bad ever again. It's a fucking lie, but you've got to play the game. So whenever I was bad or as naughty, I'd get put on the naughty step, right? Uh, this was last week. Jokes. I mean, I don't even think I've been on my grandparents' stairs. Like, even walked up them for a long time. But anyway, it's like the third or the fourth step up the stairs. Comfortable enough so you weren't like squatting on the floor, but not too high up that you felt that if you inexplicably out of boredom just wanted to pencil dive, that you wouldn't break your neck. We had risk assessments, you know. As a child, we knew no more than five steps if you want to do a pencil dive. That's the rule. So, yeah, you get the fourth or fifth step up, and you just sit there. And there's nothing to do. There's nothing to see. Just magnolia everywhere. Surrounded by magnolia. Brilliant. It's enough to make you go insane. It worked until one day there was a games console that came out called the PlayStation 2. Fucking game changer. Because what happened then was, is um, that PlayStation 2 went upstairs in one of the bedrooms and we could play it, you know, not for hours on end, but we'd have a couple of hours here and there. So then it became very apparent that the quick and most simple way to get into the PlayStation 2 time was to misbehave. So I'd be like going into the kitchen, fucking, I don't know, tipping up a, this is like mental, tipping up a bowl, 
dropping shit on the floor, not doing what I was told on purpose. Like, don't slap your granddad. What? I didn't do that. I don't slap my granddad. That is, I would never do that. But I would intentionally misbehave. And I'd be like, oh, does that mean I've got to go on the naughty step? And they'd be like, yeah, go on the naughty step. Go on the naughty step. You naughty boy. Fuck off. You were a mistake. Ooh, that one hurt. That that hit. But anyway, you take the hit. You go up four steps, and it's important to do this, right? We're at number four, and we're 40 minutes in. I will get quicker. Anyway, look. You take four purposeful and heavy steps up the stairs. And then the next ten, you tiptoe like a motherfucker, right? You go into that room, you turn the PS4, PS4, you turn the PS2 on, and there you go. You've got GTA Vice City, GTA San Andreas. Yes! I'm going around there, I'm doing a rampage or two. I'm doing the fucking mission where you got to fucking follow the train. Like eight times, because I don't really understand what the fuck I'm doing. I'm getting hydraulics done on my fucking car. I'm a boss. All while, they think I'm a rehabilitated child. It's brilliant. It's a, it's a literally a foolproof operation. It really is. But anyway, back to abducting kids with chains dressed like a, a woolly nonce. I don't really uh, think this is a great tradition. This is the ones one, one of the ones that I think is questionable. So I'm going to give this a four. Number four gets a four out of ten. Not liking it that much. Interestingly, witches who thus far in this list haven't really had that much to do with abducting kids, I've put a number two. So you make your own decision about the hierarchy of the sort of seriousness of how I feel certain traditions are affecting the the children in this one. But anyway, number five. This is a completely, I will say it, I will say it, this is a completely fucking moronic one. But I respect it. You've got to back your own on this. So, Catalonia. Uh, pooping their way through Christmas. Welcome to the bizarre Catalan tradition of cagatillo or defecating log. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. Locals in Catalonia create a character out of a log, drawing a face on it and giving it a hat. They then spend a fortnight feeding it fruit, nuts and sweets. On Christmas Eve, the entire family beats the log with sticks and sings a tradition a traditional song that translates to, if you don't crap well, I'll beat you with a stick until the log excretes all its treats. It's hard to comprehend why this tradition hasn't caught on elsewhere. They also decorate the nativity scenes with, get this, small pooping ceramic figurines or figures, usually known, usually well-known characters often drawn from that year's news. The figures always have their pants around their ankles. I don't know what the fuck's going on with this one. This is like someone has drawn in from all different areas of the most fucked up mind they can find 
and just made a Christmas tradition out of it. Shall we make a shit-looking log that looks like someone from the last year from the news, beat it with a stick after feeding it fruit and nuts, oh, and make sure if you do give it clothing, it needs to be around their ankles. I'm going to let the silence rain down on that one. That doesn't even make any fucking form of sense. There's no Chris. The only mention of Christmas is that they beat the log on Christmas Eve. They beat. Uh, imagine you're a human, right? You're getting held hostage. You're getting fed fruit, nuts, and sweets. They're probably shit sweets as well. Why waste your good sweets on a fucking log? That, let's be honest is meant to look like a bit of shit. Imagine you're a human and they start beating you with fucking limbs from another human being. That's what it feels like as a log. You're getting hit by sticks and you're a log. You could be using their own limbs against them. That's a fucking existence I don't want to be part of. Strange. Uh, Catalonia, if you don't know where Catalonia is, that is a province... Within Barcelona, I think, in Spain, they have, I'm pretty sure, well, they've declared their own independence from maybe Spain or Barcelona for quite a long time. So I don't think it's officially recognised, but maybe we're getting an insight into the Catalonia way of life. And to be honest, you can stay as Spain. I'm giving that one a fucking one. That's getting one out of ten. That can fuck right off. Sweden. Yes, the home of the Yule. This is a cool one, right? It's a goat. That's all. No, I'll go into it. Uh, This unusual tradition at least has a lengthy history. It was first mentioned in the 11th century as a man-sized goat figure that accompanied St. Nicholas. Now it's a lot bigger. Cities across Sweden construct Yule goats at the beginning of the advent every year, with the most famous being in, I want to say Galva? No, Gavla. That's my attempt. That's the only one you're getting. A straw structure that often reaches a whopping 40 feet. Unfortunately, it does attract people who want to turn it into a giant bonfire being destroyed 36 times since 1966. What the fuck? It's just set alight. Literally just people look at it and go, Do you know what? Fuck that goat. It's getting torched. 36 times. That's some fucking goat-hating motherfucker right there. I'll tell you what, 1966 is a good year for us. You know, I mean, I wasn't alive when it happened. But I bet you'd be buzzing if you were. Next time we play Sweden at footy, I think we all know the chant that's coming out. We were World Cup in 1966. You've had 36 ghosts burn at the stake. Fuck off. Absolute fucking nightmare. 
yeah, I mean, it looks cool. It's um, well, I I, I don't really think I have to go too much detail on this one. Uh, it's a large goat made out of hay and straw. It gets to the point. It's got a bit of red on it, and it's not the flames. Um, I mean, I know it's tradition. I know it's tradition, and people don't like changing traditions. But you would have thought if 36 times it's been destroyed since 1966, you would have thought maybe they might make it out of something that might be better resisting to fire than straw. I don't want to change your, your tradition. Sweden, you do you. You do you. you got the meatballs. you got Ikea. You're doing well for yourself. Right? But what I'm saying is maybe fire retardant materials might help a little bit. Take it or leave it. That's all I'm saying. What are you rating that one? I will say maybe a six. Maybe six. I mean, it is cool. Could possibly push to a seven. I like the fact that it's just a massive goat. I'm a simple man. I like big goats. I like big goats. Number seven, Guatemala. Welcome to the list. So in Guatemala, cleanliness really is next to godliness. Locals believe that the devil and other evil spirits live in the dark, dirty corners of your home. Therefore, they spend the week before Christmas sweeping up, collecting rubbish, and then piling everything in a huge heap outside. Finally, an effigy of the devil is placed on top of the whole thing and is set on fire. It's called La Cuema del Diablo, the burning of the devil. The idea for Guatemalans is to burn all the bad from the previous year and start a new year from out of the ashes. I love the idea, the kind of mantra behind burning the bad from the previous year and entering the new year with a fresh slate. But I do believe there may be a conspiracy with this one, and it is something I've literally just thought of. I want to see the stocks, the stock prices of Johnson & Johnson, you know, the people who make Flash, not the character, but the products, Flash, the cleaning products. I want to see their stock price towards Christmas, specifically from the effects of Guatemala, because... All I'm saying is, if you tell people over and over again, generations down the line, oh, if you don't clean, if you don't clean the first week before Christmas, like, and when I mean you you clean every fucking day that week, you don't have one day off. You're cleaning all day, every day. It's fucking happening, right? If you don't do that, you'll never have a good life. You'll always be inviting evil spirits and devil to mess with you, to possibly harm you. Who's not going to go out and buy like 15 packets of flash wipes? Who's not going to go get some detergent? Who's not going to go buy a mop? You buy the mop to stop the evil spirits, of course. I think it's a conspiracy that has got legs. I'm going to call it 
El Diablo Conspiracy. That is so poor. But I do like the mantra of getting rid of the bad and then starting the year as fresh. You know what I mean? I do like that, but I just think it's a bit... Don't know, don't rate it. Don't like the idea of cleaning, to be honest, for a week. For an hour, I'm fucked off. For a week, I want the devil to take me. So fucking, I'll join you, mate. Lucifer, are you recruiting my boy? I'll give that one a free, just because I don't like cleaning. Nah. And I ain't got any, sh- um, you know, stocks or shares of uh, Johnson & Johnson. I, I'll i be uh, interested to see if Johnson & Johnson actually do make the Flash stuff, because if they don't, I mean, the whole joke doesn't even work, does it? It's not even that funny. Oh, it is what it is. Number seven. You got a number. Th- you got three there. For um, oh, I forgot the name. Guatemala. You got a three for your tradition. Number eight. Now I don't know how recent this um, this article is, but we'll see. Because Ukraine deck the halls with spider webs. Most of those halls are now obliterated. Let's be honest. Putin bad. Zelensky good, right? Team Zelensky. You know what I mean? That sounded I- insincere, and, you know, it probably was, because I don't, I don't fucking know who the good guys and who the bad guys are, do we? Do we fucking know? Do we fucking know? Anyway, in addition to the standard tinsel, fairy lights, and baubles, Ukrainians like to throw an artificial spider and web on the tree as well. I do like the idea of that. It's a bit more, I don't know, just, it's something different. I remember, right, I remember when the kind of, was it a kind of fad or a sort of flash in the pan sort of thing? I remember as a kid, right, the edible baubles came out and people, like, lost their shit. So what? You put Freddos on the fucking tree and you fucking eat them. Get in. I'd still do it now. Fucking get in. Well, obviously it costs a lot more now. But back in the day, individually foil-wrapped, crisp to fuck Freddos. Didn't have to be Freddos either. Just be, you could get just like normal baubles that were made out of chocolate. Again, ripped in, ripped, wrapped in foil for your pleasure. Only thing is though, if you had a moderately warm house, they'd start to melt. And if this, if you got like a really cheap pack, like sometimes the foil didn't go all the way round, like wrapped properly, so you get little bits of chocolate just melting and then seeping through little gaps in the foil. Not a good time, especially have a carpet at home. Which, let's be honest, when we were all kids, you probably had a carpet. Yeah, you don't want to be trying to pick that melted chocolate up for the carpet. Nah, that's not a good time. But I do remember they first came out. I was like, this is different. And I rate it. You know, being a fat kid, I was like, chocolate on a Christmas tree? Really, mum? Where's the next pack? Give it to me, you bitch. But anyway, yeah. Props to Ukraine for doing something different, I guess. 
Uh, the tradition has its origins in the old tale of a poor woman who couldn't afford to decorate her tree and woke on Christmas morning to discover a spider had covered it in a glorious sparkling web. It's for good luck. It's not about ha- poor housekeeping. So it's uh, kind of juxtaposed to the Guatemalan one, I guess. I, I mean, it's not a very deep tradition, but I like the idea of just doing something different with a Christmas tree because, oh, I'm so past just tinsel being on the fucking tree, having fucking the same lights for the last, like, ten years. He's like, oh, let it fucking change. My mum has got this, like, I wouldn't say obsession, but borderline. She loves nutcrackers. Um, and I mean, like, not like a physical nutcracker thing. I mean, like, the the figurines of nutcrackers. Always at Christmas she gets them out. Always. I don't get the appeal. Just don't understand it. But I'm like, all right, it's something a bit different. It's something a bit different, and I respect that. I don't like them. I think they look abysmal. Sorry, Mum. It's your house. You do what you want. You do Christmas your way. I'll do Christmas my way. But yeah, um, at least there's something different. I don't like the... There are some Christmas decorations that I'll never get on with. Tinsel is one. I fucking despise tinsel. Why, why does tinsel exist? It was never, ever good to look at. It's noisy when you're trying to, you know, handle it and shit. It feels horrible in your hand. There. Not for me, thank you. But yeah. At least Ukraine are doing something different. Or were doing something different. Because I imagine there's probably not a Christmas, a lot of tr- Christmas trees going up in homes in Ukraine. For obvious reasons. Uh, I'll give that one a... F- five. I'll give it a five. I'm pretty harsh on these ratings today. But we have got four more to go. We have got four more, so don't worry. Don't worry at all. Portugal, let's go. I feed dead people. And that is all you need to know. So Portuguese rock up to Christmas dinner, and then are like, right, where's Uncle Terry sitting? Do you reckon there's anyone who's Portuguese called Terry? That's a quality thought. Do you reckon Terry's a popular name in Portugal? I doubt it. Right. During Consoda, the traditional Christmas feast in Portugal, otherwise known as the Nando's feast, families sometimes set extra places at the dining table for deceased relatives. Nice thought. It's thought that the practice will ensure good fortunes for the household. In some areas, crumbs are left on the hearth. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure that is something to do with the fireplace, a hearth. So I'm going to go with that as well. And you thought feeding all your living relatives was hard enough. I know, kill me. Fucking kill me with these jokes, mate. Yeah, so they basically... Dead relatives and their family. Like, cool. We'll lay a place for them at the table, even though they're deceased. Out of respect, it's meant to bring good fortune on our family and our household. I rate it. It's a nice gesture. It's a nice gesture. What do you reckon they have? I don't know. Look, the only thing I know about Portuguese cuisine 
is literally Nando's. And I guarantee if you went to Portugal and you showed them Nando's, they'd probably be like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? You're charging fucking £4.50 for mildly spicy rice. Are you fucking... Are you real? Yeah, you an NPC? But yeah, I wonder what they actually do have. Do they praise Cristiano Ronaldo? I mean, they should do. He's pretty much a god from that part of the world. It's uh, strange thinking about what other countries do as tradition for Christmas because you don't really see, unless you're from a like a multicultural family, which, as I've proved in my um, 23andMe results, you really can't get more one-sided in a... Uh, ethnic group than me um i am 100 percent almost british irish you know i've got roots in basically everywhere in the uk that you'd expect based on my appearance not so much from anywhere else really some european you know all countries with uh, overwhelmingly Caucasian, you know, occupants or citizens, which makes sense because I'm the most pasty white guy going. Like, I am white. Like, imagine a Caucasian, make them whiter, and that's me. The only reason I'm not purely Caucasian is because my, my cheeks are red. They're rosy red. But if I didn't have that, you would not be able to take, you would not be able to tell between a sheet of paper and my face. It's impossible. It's not possible. Anyway, Portugal, they feed dead people at Christmas. It's a nice gesture. I mean, it might be nicer to go and feed the starving, the ill, the homeless, who are still actually living and not necessarily your relative, that might bring some good to your household, but I'm not going to judge you. It's a time of grief. It's a time of, you know, celebration. You do you. I do like the idea of, you know, feeding the dead, even though you don't actually save them any food. So, you know, that's another question for another day. I'll give that one a six, maybe, because I like the sentiment. I do. But, yeah, it's uh, Portugal. Anyone who's Portuguese watching this, can you let me know how close Nando's is to actual Portuguese cuisine? Because I've heard mixed reports. Some people say it's really close. Some people say it's an absolute crock of shit. Do you know what I mean? Just clear it up for me. That's all I'm asking. That's my Christmas wish. Number 10. This one makes no fucking sense. Italy. Where Santa's little helper is an old witch. Right. Unable to conclusively prove the existence of Santa, the Vatican, we all know where this is going, decided to throw its weight behind something they had countless dealings with. An old witch called Labafana, who delivers presents to kids in Italy. The story goes that the three wise men invited the witch to accompany them to see the baby Jesus. She said... She was too busy, and the legend was born. So, essentially, 
the Vatican believe, if I'm, you know, led to believe what this is saying, basically, the Vatican believe that the witch is actually doing the work of Santa, delivering the presents. And the reason they think that is because the story goes that the three wise men, you know, those dudes who got to witness the birth of a child from a woman who was impregnated from thin air. They got to the witch, asked the witch to then accompany them to see the baby Jesus. And then she refused because she was too busy. And the legend was born. So... The Vatican, now hear me out, the Vatican is proposing that a witch goes and gives presents to children or visits children. Nothing to do with the Vatican. That's just what they know. Don't know if you've heard, everyone, as the Vatican, we believe that there is a witch who goes out there and visits children. You know, just to let you know, sometimes gives them a present. Sometimes presents they didn't want. Sometimes presents that could be in another part of the world lead to a police investigation and some convictions. But there's a witch out there. All right, just stay safe. And you know why we know that? Because three men who were wise enough to witness the birth of baby Jesus scientifically sound birth of baby Jesus they said that they went to the witch and the witch said nah rain check my bro does it hold up that's all I'm saying does it hold up for pure absolute disregard for common sense I'm going to give this one a 7 because the Vatican are absolutely fucking just rolling with this one I'm giving that a 7 number 11 Czech Republic a pair of matchmakers oh you've just that is just remind me of matchmakers they are so underrated not the mint ones they can fuck off the orange ones Maybe the strawberry ones, but the orange ones are the literal nips on the tits. You know what I mean? They are fucking brilliant. I love matchmakers. I love them. I'm going to have to get some. I'm going to have to get some of this Christmas. It's got to be done. On Christmas Eve, unmarried Czech women stand with their back to the door and toss one of their shoes over their shoulder. If it lands with the toe facing the door it means that they'll be married within the year. If it lands with the heel facing the door, they're in for another year of watching Bridget Jones. I highly doubt there's any Czech women who are watching Bridget fucking Jones, but okay. Perhaps it's better than marrying a heel, though. I mean, that... I don't even get that. I don't fuck, that's, Is that even a fucking joke? I don't even fucking get it. Sorry, I missed that. Anyway... So Czech women line up at the door, you know, with their back to the door, throw a shoe over their shoulder, 
if it lands with the toe facing the door, they're going to get married. You know, they're happy. Usually it's like, you know, I like the idea you just throw a shoe over your shoulder. It's not something more representative. It's not like a flower or a, I don't know, like a a bit of clothing that's associated with wedding, like a veil or a, a bit of, a, I don't know, just something a bit more elaborate than a fucking shoe. But anyway, they throw a shoe over their shoulder. Which shoulder? I don't know. Doesn't say. Don't know if it matters. But facing with a toe facing the door, if it lands with a toe facing the door, they're going to get married within a year. If it lands with a heel facing the door, then they're in for another year of being unmarried. That's a horrible tradition because that, in my mind, is just pure chance. I mean, it depends how you throw it, what position you have it in your hand. You know, there's some women who are like, you know, just try and get the toe facing as if it would face the door and just kind of throw it back straight. No no uplift trying to get that toe facing that fucking door just to make their mums proud. So I'm going to get married now. And then they're just like, look at her and like, no one's marrying you, you fucking bitch. So Ash, why do these traditions exist? Like, there's no way this lines up with a bloke. Like, a bloke witnesses it sees that the shoe lands with the toe facing the door and is like, shit, I've never seen her as marriage potential before. I must plunge that clunge. And to secure that clunge, I must plunge that clunge with a ring on the finger, the wedding finger, preferably. I do apologise if any of you have just thrown up because I just said plunge that clunge twice. Um, (laughs) You really get it all on this podcast. You really do. Uh, I'm a man of, you know, I, I know my words, all right? I do good words. Words do good. Me. Do you know what I mean? Stay hydrated, everyone. I'll tell you what, doing a solo podcast, right, does take a bit out of your throat. But I'm doing it. I'm soldiering on. We've got one, one more left to do after we rated this one. I mean, this is not a very nice tradition, just because it is purely chance so you could be incredibly upset at christmas you like it could pretend if imagine if you're like all right, let's just say you're like 30 31 you know you haven't really got a lot of you know potential matches and everyone's in your family like pressuring you to go out and find this you know love of your life and get married whatever cuz we we've all got family members like that and then you forego all that matchmaking, everything, like, um, you know, going on dating sites, meeting people in bars, if that still happens, blah, blah, blah. You forego all that. And then at Christmas, Christmas Eve, the day before the big fucking day of the year, you're like, right, I'm going to leave the potential of my Christmas being ruined or being made on a throw of my shoe over the shoulder. My Christmas is going to come down to this moment. That fucking converse better land with that toe facing the door. Otherwise, the suicide note's ready. That's all I'm saying. I just feel like that's not... 
That's a horrible tradition. Like the, the potential for your Christmas to be ruined on a throw of your shoe over the shoulder. It makes no sense to me. So I'm going to give that a one. Just because it's cruel. I don't like it. Change it. No, look, keep, if you must keep it, keep it. I'm not here for changing traditions. There are some that I think possibly should be changed. I'm looking at you, Austria. Right. Germany. The Germans have uh, entered the game at 12. Uh, this one's titled Fill Your Boots. So let's see what's in store. On the evening of the 5th of December, straight away, Germany do something out of left field. That's unlike Germany, is it? That's unlike Germany. You know, just having a good fucking day, you know, in 1939. Yeah, just having a good fucking day. And then Germany just like, do you know what? Let's just invade Poland. What? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it, man. We ain't done it for a while. You know? What, you a fucking pussy? You don't want to fucking invade Poland? Ugh. As if. So, yeah. On the 5th of December, fuck knows why, German children leave a boot or a shoe outside their bedroom door. In the morning, if they've been good... They will wake to find shoes filled with sweets. If they haven't, they'll find only a branch. Mm, I don't know about this one. (laughs) Right, so on on the 5th of December, now I'm pretty sure Germans celebrate Christmas on the 24th. I might be wrong, but I did hear that somewhere back in the day. So I'm going to use that, and I'm going to present that as the truth, because it's the internet, and I can do that. The 24th of December is their Christmas. So they open presents. They do all the sort of stuff we would do on the 25th, on the 24th. Right? On the evening of the 5th of December, they do this shit. They basically just say, fuck everyone else. We're just going to put children's shoes outside their room, fill one with sweets and one with a twig. If anyone asks why, we just say, visual ask the questions. That's a very simple answer. It will stop everyone in their tracks. No one will question it anymore. Let's go with that. That's such a strange... I mean, all of these are strange, really, if you think about it. Because, But this one's strange even if you take my UK hat off. It's not, it's literally closer to November, for one. They only leave one shoe, not two, outside the bedroom door. And it, it's either filled with sweets or a twig. What the fuck is the branch or the twig got to do with being bad? I, t- I tell you what, stick a fucking pack of Mikados in there, you've got both. Stick some fucking matchmakers in there, you've probably, you know, if you use your imagination, it's basically a twig. Or branch. Fucking stick a Yule log in there. Surprised they're even still your kid. They've been that bad. You put a tree in their fucking shoe. A lovely chocolate fondant covered tree. 
why are these all so strange? Like, international listeners, if you are from any of these countries and you've listened to these traditions of me rating them, and you are, like, so staunchly against what I'm saying, please let me know why these traditions exist other than because. Because it's not not really a, a good excuse. There must be a reason other than the fact that it's Germany and they do what the fuck they want as to why this exists on the 5th of December for leaving a shoe out. And who decides if the kids have been good? Is it the parents? Is it St. Nick? Have we got a kind of like St. Nick Krampus teaming up? Germany-Austria collab going on here? There's been one of them before. It didn't end very well. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that... A three. Maybe a three. I don't know. Honestly, don't know. Don't fucking know. That's weird. I mean, there's a few weird ones on this list, granted, but that is one that, when you first think about it, it isn't weird. But when you actually dig into it a bit more, it is weird. Like, really weird. So I don't know. I don't know. But anyway. So, just to recap. We had the uh, Japanese... KFC Christmas Day meals. I think I rated that a seven. I think I can't remember. I'm not going to remember what I rated these. Uh, Norway, where they hid their brooms from the witches. They felt it was, you know, basically helping the arrival of evil spirits and witches. Caracas with the uh, the skate into the church. Austria with the um, the men dressed up in costumes chasing kids, but all for the spirit of Christmas, obviously. Uh, We had the Catalonians basically making a log-looking turd and beating the shit out of it with a stick. We had Sweden making the goatest goat there ever was. Guatemala cleaning for a week before Christmas. Ukraine using a spider's web to decorate a Christmas tree. Portugal having a bit of a cheeky Nando's. Italy blaming the witch for, well, that's actually not Italy. It's the Vatican blaming the witch for some possible uh, inappropriate behavior with some kids. Uh, Number 11 was Czech women pinning all their hopes and dreams on a toss of a shoe over their shoulder. And then lastly, Germany with basically dashing the kids' dream of a Christmas or a happy Christmas five days into the month of December. So, yeah, it's I don't really know what to say about those. Weird and some, I suppose, wonderful aspects. I think my favourite is probably the KFC. I've got to be honest. Oh, no. That or the roller derby going to the church. That's cool. I rate that. I might make that. I don't know why I rated it. Did I rate it a 7 or 8? I think I rated it an 8. So if I did, it's my favourite. So Caracas, Venezuela, you have won. 
the prestigious prize of the Lozzie Endorses This Christmas Tradition Award 2023. Quite a mouthful, but I'm sure it will catch on. And yeah, I just think that although our traditions are shit, none of them involve chasing kids around in a furry nonce costume with chains and a basket to catch them, like physically catch them. Austria, you got a lot to explain. you got a lot going on, my brev. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. But yeah, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, wherever you are. I hope you're having a fucking great day, whatever you're doing. And hopefully, like I said, I'm back alive after the ram in. I'm sure you'll hear all about it. So, yeah, let's just hope that the car journey doesn't involve me driving back via a ditch or a dike or a petrol station or a wall. There's a lot of things I can crash into. That's what I'm saying, basically. Yeah, thank you for watching, everyone, and listening, wherever you are. And we'll see you in the next one. Up the Atma. Bye-bye for now.